You are now tuned into the School of Higher Thought podcast, where we explore the realm of personal development. We aim to upgrade your life through lessons learned from your personal experience. Episodes are released every Sunday. For more updates and other empowering content, please follow our other social medias in the description below. I hope you've got your notepads ready. Class is in session. still do um because i remember at one point you was doing um i remember you uploaded on your snapchat a while ago and it was, i think it was a book about like improving your speech or your pronunciation yeah Are you still um that? i'm not still doing it but that book did help me a little bit you know it helped me um, i feel like before actually still till today I, I do talk a little bit fast but um, I'm working on it. I'm trying to become more punctual. I'm trying to become more... Like, when my words come, I'm trying to make them as impactful as possible type of thing. Mm. But um, well, what do you think, though? How, how do you think I've been so far? Bro, the reason why I, I mentioned it is because I can tell, like, I'm hearing you talk right now, and I can tell that your speech has improved so much. Because even back when you first started with, with TikTok, for example, I remember watching your videos and you could hear yourself talking really, really fast. But right now, it seems like you're a lot more patient with your words. You're making sure you're giving yourself the time to pronunciate it in its fullest. And you're just expressing your points really, really well. Do you know what I'm saying? And I felt like, just quickly just mention that because you know what? A lot of people are out there. I remember somebody asked me about this, actually. They asked me, oh, how can I improve my speech? I want to ask you, like, what kind of lessons did you learn on your way of, um, on your journey of improving your speech patterns? Yeah, well, I've been, um, I don't know why, but... I've actually had the starter. I don't know if you noticed it, but I've had the starter since a long time ago. Mm. But I realized number one, yeah, slowing down your words is very, very helpful. Slowing down and just understanding that it's not a race. You know, people have all the time to listen to what you have to say, especially mm. when you have someone with importance as well. Um, doing that. Also, um, just exercises, you know, like for example, I'll be reading out sentences to a mirror just. I'll keep rereading it, keep rereading it to make sure it sounds how I want it to sound type of thing. Mm. So that also helped as well. Just, I know it sounds like basic, like he stage one type of stuff, but it actually helps, um, especially in front of a, ca- a camera as well. And also yeah. experience as well. Don't get me wrong. Um, I've been, um, compared to my first TikTok videos to now, I've been in front of the camera so many times. I can just, I can just switch into um, acting mode per se. Mm. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's, how it has happened for me per se but and also a final one is um also just watching okay cool so let's say there's someone that you want to imitate the song that you want to start speaking that like, just watching them speak alone can help because you right. kind of pick up things that they do or the pauses that they take or mm-hmm. where they make the most impact so again with that just watching people okay i want to speak like him i'm gonna start watching him and just take a note so yeah little things like that Hundred percent, mm, man. Because I remember I, I I used to have a really bad problem with stuttering as well, and sometimes talking fast a little bit as well. And something that helped me a lot was just listening to other people talk. And I would mm. go on YouTube, I'll type in TED talks, for example, and I'll watch somebody talking on TED. And I'll I'll analyze how they talk and just just think, okay, cool. How can I adapt their speech pattern into my speech pattern to make me a better speaker? So when people listen to me they take in ideas that I'm giving off a lot more better. And that's something that people don't really 
we underestimate they underestimate the power of communication you know how well you are at communicating an idea is as far as people will basically create the idea that you speak of like if you're managing a team they will only be able to do what you're kind of communicating to them if you don't communicate the idea well enough to them they will never fully understand the vision and that's something that you have worked on behind the scenes and now you're at the point where like it's improving so much that it's noticeable now i don't know if you've sat sat back and noticed it yet but i've definitely noticed it and hopefully after this yeah you'll see yeah no you know i never noticed it to be fair like people just tell me i'm like oh wow um but yeah back before yeah it was it was um yeah no no it wasn't as good as it was but you know i'm always on that ever growing journey um Mm. i probably i probably will get back into it to improve it even more um for sure but I re- what I realised, the reason why I took it so seriously, though, is because at, at one point, I didn't understand my audience demographics. I thought I was just talking to the hood. But yeah. when people come up, to, like, the people that come up to me in real life saying, oh, I like, I enjoy your videos, I'm getting white people, I'm getting, you know, all, all races, Asians, all sorts. I'm thinking, whoa, I'm actually speaking to, like, the, the nation. Yeah. And, and furthermore, um, there's also older people as well. I, I've, I've realised the teenagers are the ones that will, will show more love in real life, but I feel like as adults, you know how you watch someone, but you never acknowledge that you watch them? Yeah, like, yeah, you just, yeah. You, you just watch them, but, but you, don't, you don't comment on their thing or you don't really give them too much attention, but you still respect them as high as someone else, but you just, it's just to yourself type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of adults do that with my content. And when I realised that adults watch my thing and grown men, millionaires are watching my content, I realised, wait a minute, I can't still be... Everything needs to be on point, you know. Yeah. So I need to, yeah. For that's sure, that's for when sure. you realize you have to like start taking a brand more seriously. Yeah. And everything that that you know, even down to your speech patterns plays into your brand. No, for sure, man. It's it's big. It's big. So I had to just improve on that and take myself to the next level. Speaking of brand, though, like, what was your like philosophy of like your personal brand, like in, in terms of building it? Like, what made you want to become like the, almost like the UK young face of finance and how do you kind of build that brand and protect that brand as well? Essentially, the reason I wanted to start is because I'm pretty much replacing what school doesn't teach you. I'm replacing their job. Um, it's a shame because when I left school, I knew how to make money, but like, obviously, don't get me wrong, I've been bad with money in the past, so I would, you know, spend all my money on a holiday or just start doing dumb stuff. And I realised, wait a minute, I'm actually about to leave school, year 13, A-levels, I'm about to go into the real world, I'm 18 now, I'm an adult, a young adult, I don't know anything about credit, I don't know anything about mortgages, I don't know anything about, you know, investing, taxes, pensions, I'm thinking, huh? Like, like wait, wait just gonna sell us into the real world just like that? So that's when I had to just really buckle down and you know, research these things. So my whole brand is about teaching you what school doesn't, about mm. personal finance, even some life lessons as well about entrepreneurship and whatnot. I understand, yeah, school doesn't need to teach entrepreneurship. That's just, if you're born to do that, you're born to do that. But personal finance, how to manage your money? Yeah, no, nah, most definitely. Most def. Like, <laughs> why not? I don't know how... Um, anyways, one day I think you will get into the school system. But yeah, the reason why I started my whole brand is simply to replace the school's position um just to teach them what school doesn't and i'm on a mission to um, get that into the curriculum actually that's that's mm. one of my long long long-term goals to get 
for schools to start teaching personal finance. I'm not sure if I want it to be from year 9s or year, or year 11s yet, but I'm thinking, you know, just to teach them about educate about money, I think it will help the generations to come, for sure. 100%, man. That's, that's incredibly powerful. Like, with that, um, what do you plan on doing, if you don't mind talking about that? In terms of getting it into the school system? Yeah. I kind of thought, well, my whole mindset was cool. The only way they'll do it is if, is if I do it as well on a big scale and I become big enough for them to notice me. So I just thought, yeah, I need to go on social media. I need to become bait. I need to become, um, I need to become, you know, I need to start teaching the whole world. Well, not the whole world, but I need to start teaching the whole nation about mm-hmm. finance. And then once they've seen that I can do it, that will at least give me some influence. As I've actually gone into my journey, I've realised that, um, I've realised that your followers don't even matter to the government. Um, it's all about, simply it's all about networking essentially so if mm. i know people that are within the cabinet or if i know if i know someone that knows someone that's within the parliament yeah i can get that idea across just like that mm. but um so that's what i've realized on my journey but i'm not gonna stop creating content why not but um yeah my first my next steps are to start going to schools as well um i have some opportunities where i'll be going to some schools just 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 teaching them talking to them about money and finance so just starting off small getting some footage and then that I can then, you know, show to a certain school. Like, cool, I've done this for some schools and they love this, they love that. How about mm. we make this a weekly thing? Boom, boom, boom. Uh, maybe after school um, and they'll show this, they'll show the serious ones that will come. It's basically like an extra lesson kind of type of thing. Yeah, like an so, extra curriculum. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. It's a long, long, long term plan, but um, yeah, it's a shame because um, I'm not sure why it's not taught in schools and it's just mad, but... I don't know if it's because they don't... Obviously, some people have this, uh, let's say, not rumour, but it's more of an idea that the government don't want you to be rich. Mm. They don't want you to be financially wealthy. You know how um, banks, they make more money off you being financially illiterate. So mm. the bank's favourite customers are the people that take out all the loans, they have bad credit. Those are the banks, they're the favourite customers. Banks don't like people like me because with credit cards now, I take advantage of paying it off in full, so I'm using the bank's money to do things. I pay off in full, so I pay no interest. And I don't go out of my limits as well. Like, mm. you know, one of my credit cards is a, I think it's only like a 4.5k 4. limit, but I don't go nowhere near that. I just keep within my means just because my limit is going up. I don't spend more money. So it's like, banks don't like people like me and you, you know, we're too diligent with our money. They like mm. the people that, you know, they'll get something on credit cards, leave it on their pay interest, those are the favorite customers so one could say you know they don't want to teach the masses about money because then the banks won't make money mm. so it, it's a it's a big conflict of interest so it's something i do definitely need to look into and understand where it all stems from mm. yeah man that would be very important man have you ever thought about like reading into economics reading into economics what do you yeah. mean yeah like the 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 just in the entire study of it I mean, I did it for A level. Um, oh, you did I got it? a B in it. Yeah, I got I did um I got a B in economics. Um, mm. I I understand you know basic economics. Um, but reading more into it, no, I'm more I want I don't want to become an economist per se. I'd rather I like my personal finance route. I like my making money online route route per se. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm. And the reason why I asked that is because um there are some interesting theories that because I study economics at uh, A level, no, not A level, a GCSE level. And 
when I was learning in GCSE, they made it really boring because they just throw a bunch of graphs at you. And then you look at these graphs and you're like, uh, what does this even mean? <laughs> and it's, it's, it can be quite intimidating to begin with. But I w- I've been reading a book called A Little History of Economics. And it's just been breaking down a ton, a ton of different theories and it shows the development of economics over time and how it influences different things on a macro and micro basis. So I just thought that would be an interesting book to... I might even... I'll, I'll buy you a copy yeah, and send it to you. No, definitely plug me. Definitely plug me. Yeah, man, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a sure. copy of it. It's actually a really interesting book and it, it explores different, different things from like famines to unemployment mm. and all sorts of things and it just gives a little insight into history as well so i think you might even enjoy that book and i might also help you on your journey with when you when you start teaching other kids and you know just start it might open your eyes to certain ideas and theories and stuff like that mm, you know it's definitely it's true man and one thing i like about this is that um it's just showing that you are never ever a master in life you're always a student you should always forever stay learning mm. okay some people feel like when they leave school that's it. That's education done. No, <laughs> education doesn't end, dummy. You know, mm. you always need to <laughs> still be learning. Always. 100%. I'm always forever a student of life. Mm. You, you can never, ever be a master. So, yeah, I'm always open to taking on recommendations. I'm always open to reading more books because I never claim to be a know-all and no one can be a know-all. So, if you do believe you are a know-all, then you don't know it all. That's, that's a yeah, show you, you don't know it all. You probably know nothing. <laughs> yeah. Just if, so it's just like, yeah, when it comes to education now, everyone should always want to be striving. You know, someone born in the, someone born in the 1990s must be, a, must be hard for them to convert to like this whole social media age because it's like the old ways of marketing were, you know, using billboards, going to newspapers and television ads, but, where are the where are the young G's now? Where are the kids now? They're on social media, so exactly. you now have to adapt to now learn. Like, what's the social media thing? And then it's also happening again with now Web three. It's happening with the metaverse. So even us lot that grew up on social media, even though it is connected to the metaverse, you now need to learn more about. Okay, cool. Some of the younger kids are now on the metaverse now, so we now need to target them through there. So we now mm. need to understand how it works there. So it's an ever growing process. You can never ever stay stagnant because you get left behind. 100% so. man you got to adapt and overcome and that's what people don't realise as well is that like even when you look at societies and, and businesses like none of them have survived forever and the reason why is because they were unable to adapt to the situations that were coming and you know if you fail to adapt in your life you're gonna fall to your demise you know you might go dead broke you might end up homeless or you might lose your house or you might end up losing your job or even in some case you might even lose your life and mm-hmm. you know that's how important it is to just you know make sure you're preparing and on, on just on your day-to-day just trying to make yourself that one percent better and keeping track of the different things that you've got going for yourself and you know just aiming to be better by understanding that you are not where you are or you know as smart as you thought you were or as rich as you thought you were or stable as for, as, as you thought you were yeah no it's it's very true and that's why i always aim to try just listen you know it's not every day like i said earlier it's not every day be the guy that's talking all the time always be willing to listen to other people in the room because you know those people can change your perspectives on certain things so i always like to gather like both sides of an argument before making my own judgment or before even speaking so for sure no it's, it's needed mm. i've got us as well though like how do you network with all of the people that you network with? Because you've got videos of people who are millionaires. You've got videos of guys like um, 
Like, I remember you did the interview with uh, Samuel Leeds. Mm. I remember like, nah. that was that was an interesting connection to me because I remember like, when you when you when you went onto it, um, you know, it was, was kind of like a, almost like a debate kind of thing. Yeah, no. Nah, um, okay, like, I'll answer how I debate in general. I mean, how I network in general against Samuel Leeds. Yeah, mm. in terms of network in general, I just realized if you when you build value, it becomes so much more easier. Um, it becomes way more easier, and I like to refer to everyone's Instagram pages as their own social media CV. Mm. So on my bio, I have all my, most of my, my, my favorite accolades. I, I say what I do. My my posts, you know, once you go on my page, you just know, okay, cool, money guy. So um, when it comes to um, networking, once I build my own value, it became a lot more easier. But to begin off with, for those starting off, what I started doing was simply going my own way to like, you know DM people like, oh, yo, I like what you're doing. What, can you teach me how to do this? Or... Can you can we work on this or I can help you do this if you, in return you can help me do this or we're both working towards the same goal so let's work together you know if we go together we go far so um it's the type of thing where when signing off just be willing to again drop your ego I feel like a lot of people in the community they're not willing to ask for help or they're not willing to connect to others but mm. connect with others can take you to the next level you know it's all about who you know and they can introduce you into a whole new group of people that can change your perspective on life in general. Um, secondly, you know, I went my own way to go to networking events. Um, you know, I remember back in the day, you know, me, Denzel, we'll just organize little networking events with our community and they'll literally just be in like Starbucks. You know, I remember one time we went to Stratford Starbucks, we took over the whole of the upper floor, like as in even the customers, even like literally imagine we didn't, (laughs) no one bought no drinks. We literally went in Starbucks, went upstairs and just started networking at least like 15 men, 15 to 20 men. And even the customers were kind of even scared to even come upstairs because it was all just had laptops out, just networking, networking. Eventually, <laughs> we got forced to buy some drinks. And yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't mind doing that. But looking back, yeah, we went out of our own way to just build these little networking events. And now um, we're now running the Gen Z Club, which is a hub of entrepreneurs, young Gen Z entrepreneurs, where we are creating our small ecosystem businesses to help provide and connect them to their next other people in the in the industry so it all starts from there but yeah going my own way to um network that also being self-seeking you know not letting things come on my lap but yeah some things will land on your lap but you also need to go your own way to go meet people introduce yourself so um oh and then you asked about the interviews again since i built my value now now when i send dms to jump on podcasts the, the success rate is a lot more higher now do you get yeah. what i'm saying so um, it's like for example um you see the diary of the CEO, Stephen Bartlett. Like if, yeah. if he if he shouts you, like there's a 99% chance you're opening that DM. You're not really going to air him. 100%. You know what I'm saying? Because he's built his brand to such a place where it's like it's beneficial to do so. Whereas if someone just starts out now and you don't know them for anywhere and they have no episodes, like they want you to be their first guest. It's just like, mm. what's the point? Like, well, it doesn't make well, sense. Then, like there needs to be some sort of value exchange. So whether you have a big audience or, or whatnot. So um. So yeah, so with me, me building my value just helped me um be able to just it's easier to network and people are more willing to to connect and be a part of you because I feel like people just flock to wherever the money is, where the money resides. So mm. whoever's popping, you know, you, you, obviously you do get a lot of fake love, but you know, you just got to turn it and make it flip in your favor. You can take you can take, you can take advantage of fake love to be fair. Mm. So so yeah. Or do you feel like you get like a lot of envy? Um. Okay, 
I definitely got a lot of hate in the past for sure. Mm. Um, actually, I, I hope you can help me kind of understand why. But um, MV per se, I don't think so because people that know me from before all the clout, I was always like this. I was always about my money. I'm still me. Like nothing has changed from when I was in um school days. Like I'm still the same. So no one can really be envious because it's not like I didn't deserve it. I'm just doing what I've always been doing. Mm. I've been stuck on the same path. I've very been hard as well. And I've worked hard to do so. But hate, however, yeah, I've got a lot. I've I've got a lot of hate on them um, social media. To be fair though, if anything, it kind of just shows that you're relevant. It actually helped me as well. Like even in memes as well, it helped keep my relevance in the in a, in, a, in a culture. And it mm. puts me, it separates me from other people. So, um, the hate per se, I'm not really, I'm not really fussed with it. To be fair, it's not, um, it isn't really. Because one thing that I need, you have to understand is number one, if someone is hating on you, that means you're doing something amazing for them to even comment on. If someone's doing something mediocre, you wouldn't comment on that. You wouldn't even tell people, oh look at what he's doing. You wouldn't care because you'll swipe off, or you'll carry on moving. But for you to even go your own way to comment and you know, share your energy with me, it just shows. I've triggered you so much. It's made you rethink, <laughs> made you rethink life. So, mm. so um, so yeah, you need to understand. Number one, um, you're doing something amazing. Number two, the great people in life, Drake, Gary V, all these big people also receive hate. So to be a part of the same club as them, it just makes you think, oh wow, I've actually elevated in life for people mm. to even comment on what I'm doing. Hundred percent. Um, and then um, and yeah, and just understand that they're just, you know. They're basically simply, you know, pushing out their own insecurities onto you because mm. just because you can do it, they f- and they can't do it. They'll say, "Nah, this ain't true. This is fake." But you just need to realize that they're just young. They they ain't got the same amount of wealth. And I don't. I've never ever met a rich hater. To be fair, like everyone that's hated on me, I've I've realized that they're below me. <laughs> mm. So um, you don't see other you know rich people hating on others like that it does happen but it's it's, it's evil for a, a proper reason per se but mm. um talking of rich haters yeah samuel leeds how that came about <laughs> how that came about that came about um that came about now that one was actually you know what it was just like two people meet at the same time because i feel like with him he needed some more clout and um he wanted to debate someone because everyone's getting on to him about what he was doing and by the way he is a if you don't know he is a He's a property investor. He's a property guru in the UK. He sells a lot of horses. And um, essentially, what he wanted to do was, a lot of people were calling him out. A lot of people were calling him out. People were saying, oh, he's fake. He's fake that. He's fake this. He's, um, even someone went as far to say, well, not even someone, BBC went as far to, to allude that, you know, one of his courses caused someone to commit suicide because they couldn't afford it. They couldn't wow. afford to keep up the repayments. Yeah. Um, it's, it's mad. Um, so with that, I saw that and I thought, you know what, I can, um, I can be that guy to like bring forward the questions that the public have and they give it on to him. So, um, I believe I made a video about, um, it's the truth about rent to rent. I had him, I had his photo as the, as a thumbnail. And then, um, I think he commented on it. He said, um, uh, you're probably a fake guru. Come debate me, blah, 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 blah. I thought it was a fake account. So I clicked on it and it was actually a real YouTube account. <laughs> so I'm thinking, what, what, was Damn. First, what was your first thought when you saw that? Like, I, I thought it was fake. I was like, nah, there's no way this guy's written the longest paragraph. I don't believe it. I, didn't, I just didn't believe it. Like, I, and furthermore, 
again, that just shows how ignorant I was to how big I was because I didn't even think he was even paying attention to my channel. Like I thought I was I was small for him. I didn't think I didn't even think he even cared. Like I didn't even think I would even reach his like reach him, you know? So little things like that made me realise, wow, my my, my videos are actually um getting somewhere, like they're actually reaching big people in this world. So yeah. um I I think I DM'd him on Twitter or I DM'd him on Instagram. I said, "Yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Um, interview, blah blah blah." Oh, bear in mind, interview. Yeah, I said, "Let's do this interview." It was more the real aim was more for me to just um put forward the questions that the public have, like our oh, question is legitimacy. I was basically trying to be the mediator, but yeah. he took it the wrong way. He took it more as I'm coming for him. Yeah. So. When the actual, and by the way, the interview was live on his channel. It was live, so there were no, there was no room for <laughs> retaking shots or anything. So right. when it happened, he came, he came prepared as well. He he cooked mm. me. I can't lie. He 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 fried me up. I, I ain't even gonna lie. But um, I learned from that situation. Um, and the reason why it never really affected me in the long term is because again, I tried to do something that I I've never done the debate. I don't. My, my whole brand isn't about debates. My, my whole brand is about teaching people what school doesn't. My whole brand is about talking about personal finance. So when that whole situation happened, it didn't, you know, ruin my whole credibility. It just, you know, oh, okay, Poku's not really good at debating. Okay, then. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that, that was that situation. But, um, but yeah, looking back, um, he just wanted to, um, he wanted to be a part of my clout, get a little bit of my clout, because obviously he, he started this video as, um, Oh, I debate my famous hater, so he wants to grab my audience, <laughs> and you know, and to be fair, that's one of his. I think that's one of his most viewed videos in the past year or so. Really? So it, it worked in his favor, but that's what I, I clocked. What people they like, they like controversy. Mm. So would you say it so worked in your it, favor? Yes and no. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll, people okay, people I talk to they say it worked in my favor. Like, they actually told me, oh, it actually worked in your favor because. If it wasn't for that, I would have known you, type of thing. Mm. But um, but um, I'm thinking, and uh, the other reason why I say what my favor is, favor is because it humbled me. Um, before I kind of felt I was um not untouchable, but I felt like raw. I'm I'm that guy, so um, it, it it needed to happen. It needed to happen for sure. It needed to happen. Just I think I needed that little setback just to keep me going, you know. So um, so yeah, and that's when um, after that happened, is when I realized. Yeah, social media is cool, but like, I can't rely on this for full time. Like, I can't rely on this for the next twenty years. I mean, I can. It's doable. Gary V's. I mean, Grant Cardone's done it, but um, I can't rely on this full time because I need I need an income where I can make it. I can make this money in my own bedroom. No one has to be there to see me. Mm. And I can just make it, and that was currency trading. You know, mm, forex. forex. Um. My whole story of Forex, I've actually been into Forex from year 10. Um, how I got into it, quick story. Um, I'm on Twitter, scrolling, and I see a guy, he, I see a guy with a golden Lamborghini, um, a, a Rave, a Rolls Royce Rave, and I'm thinking, how do you make his money? And I realised on his Twitter, he was posting like signals, and he was like, right. he, he was making different amounts of money every day, like it was different amounts. And that really struck, struck me because like, it was similar to me selling sweets in school. Like, not every day is the same, but I'm still making peas. So um, I thought, rah, like, he's making £100 here, £80 here, £200 there. Like, there's there's room for growth. There's room for exponential growth. And he has a Lamborghini, a golden Lamborghini. So, mm. like, that's a no-brainer. No -brainer. 
so I'm 15 now. I'm thinking, you know what? I'm gonna invest my money I make from selling sweets and cookies in school. I'm investing into you know forex, forex signals. I'm thinking, you know what? Yeah, signals. This is light. Like if I copy your signals for the rest of my life, I'm lit. I'm back. <laughs> I'm um, you know, I don't have to do any work. I just need to copy the signals and I'm and I'm good. Like he's got a Lamborghini. I'll have a Lamborghini too. Like so that was my full process and. One set up for the broken now. By the way, this wasn't even forex actually. This was even binary options. So this is where you can like bet on the on the direction of price within a certain time frame. So for example, you can say USDJPY will be up like above the current price within a minute. So if it lands above the current price within a minute, then you make your money. But guys, don't do it. There's no money there. It's it's rubbish. It's basically gambling. It's rubbish. But anyways, I'm onto that now. I'm 15, so I'm thinking. Um, to sound to the broken, I used to be 18, so I just faked my age, I can't lie to you. Um, I faked my age, I told them I was 18, so I've gone to the broker now. The positive is like £400. Um, little did I know, I didn't know this at the time, but they already made their money as soon as I deposited the, the £400 because they, they make money off affiliates. Mm. So that's how they really made their money. Um, but I deposited my money and then I lost, they sent around six trades, I lost all six of them. Wow. And bear in mind, they were rec- I didn't know nothing about risk management, so I'm just taking. I'm thinking, okay, how much should I risk per trade? And they're just saying, oh, just risk like, risk a whole account today, but like divide it like evenly in it. I'm thinking, huh? In my head, I knew that this wasn't right, so I just risked like, out of the four hundred pounds, I risked around two hundred fifty pounds. I think it was like forty pounds per trade or something like that. Mm. Lost all of them. So I'm thinking, raw. I actually lost all my trades and then the guy that's sending me signals isn't responding. So I'm thinking, nah, this is going to be a scam. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I had like £150 left. I'm thinking, let me just re- let me just withdraw. Let me just withdraw the rest of my money. But when I realised you have to send your driver's licence to confirm your account and verify it before you withdraw. Yeah. So I'm thinking, damn. I told them I'm... At the time I'm 15, but I've told them I'm 18. Um, they want my driver's licence and I can't withdraw my money. So I told the guy on customer support... I'm like, you know what? I lost my driver's license, but I'll come back in three years with my driver's license to draw <laughs> my money. Will it be safe? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But thank God, and shout out to whoever this was behind the screen, but I think he realised that I was just underage because yeah. I was telling them I'll come back in three years. Like, yeah, that's, a, that's a mad beef. Like, <laughs> I don't know if DLA takes that long still. Because I told them I lost it. I told them I lost my driver's license. Um, I'll come back in three years with Drew. I was like... Obviously, I was still making money in school in it, so I was still burnt. But like, I was like, it's cool. When I'm eighteen, I get, I'll just see extra hundred fifty pounds. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? So um, I just told him I'll, I'll be back to withdraw it. But he clots. Wait a minute, how old are you really? I told him, okay, I'm fifteen. And then luckily, thank God to their terms and conditions, but they can't have anyone under the age of eighteen on their website unless they, yeah. and if they do, but they get in trouble. So they just said, you know what? Even all your losses as well, we refund you everything and we'll close yeah. your account. So they gave me the £150 back plus the money I lost for the trades. So I pretty much learned a valuable lesson and I didn't lose money doing so. So I learned about the whole scam of signals. I learned that they truly make their money from affiliates. So essentially what they're doing is they have a deal with the broker now. That, that's probably a Bieber broker. So they make money when the clients lose. So mm. they're betting against the clients. When I, when I place my trades and I lose money, it goes to their pockets. Yeah. But with them people, these fake Instagram traders, you know, advertising their courses and signals they're not making money they'll they'll say coming for a free trial so you think okay cool like at least i get to try this out for free then within a free trial you probably lose your money but they've made money the minute you sign up to the broker and deposited a minimum amount that's mm-hmm. why they say oh 
you have to sign up with this at least 200 pounds or at least 300 pounds like minimum or we can't start with you the reason why is because i have to meet a quota for the broker yeah. so the broker takes the broker takes um or the broker gives them like probably around 400 pounds per client and if you're getting what 10 clients a week that's four grand they'll they'll scam in the whole of the uk so they they made they went, they went clear with that so um, I learned a very valuable lesson, got my money back. And from there, I clocked the whole, the whole signals thing just off that. So from there, it was very easy for me to distinguish who was fake, who was real, etc., etc. Don't get me wrong, I still ran some hiccups there on the journey, but but yeah. But anyways, my forex journey. Um, from the ages of 15 to, so year 10 to year 13, forex is limited. Yes, I know about it. Yes, I'm researching it during the summer. I'm trading it, but I'm not really putting much effort because again, during these times, I was a good student. Um, I was getting good grades. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to go to like a good sixth form, a good university. So for A levels, for example, I weren't even trading for it like that because I was focusing on my grades and I had other hustles as well. And this is one thing I wanted to talk about. When I was starting off, I was so excited about entrepreneurship. I want to be the guy, not only the money guy, but I want to be the guy that has many hustles. I want to be doing property. I want to be doing forex. I want to be doing reselling, crypto, everything like. I wanted everything to be attached to my name and I had that mindset early up until um, first year of uni. So I was trying to do, pro- and bear in mind, like I said, I got to property before. I was doing property and forex at the same time. That's what I was trying to do. And looking back, that was stupid. But at the time, I just wanted to be that cool guy. Like, rah, imagine someone's doing property and, 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 um, and forex. Like, that's, that's way, isn't it? But when you, when I realised I'm pretty much spreading all of my energy between these hustles, but I'm not making any progress. I'm not, I'm not taking it to the next level because property, Taxed a lot of my time. Like, mm. you're literally looking after humans. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. So, um, with that, I didn't make much progress in Forex early until um, after the 7D situation. That's when I thought, you know what? No. Nah. I need, I can't just rely on social media for the rest of my life. Like, because like, again, one tweet can cancel you in this. I call this generation cancelled, by the way. Mm. This whole generation, generation cancelled. One tweet can end your life. It can end your, your career. Um, one video. Luckily, that video didn't end my career. I'm still thriving until today. Mm. But with that situation being said, I just thought, you know what? I need a source of income that isn't dependent on my brand, my social media. So right. that's when I started taking Forex seriously. Um, and then, yeah, ever since then, it's just been a work in progress. You know how it gets. But, you know, 100%. taking it to the next level. Um, but, yeah, Forex, I say it is a hard way to make easy money. That's the best way to put it. <laughs> um, currency trading... It's it's just it's great, man. I hundred percent agree with that um that quote, you know, hundred percent. Cause mm. I remember when I first started trading, everybody thought that, um, well, not everybody that thought. I thought because everyone was telling me that I knew that I was doing it. They were all saying, "Oh yeah," um, they because I started with um with a multi level marketing business that kind of was selling courses and signals as well. And you know when people approach you that they say, "Oh yeah, let's come to the meeting." go to the meeting and they tell you, yeah, yeah, you're going to be um, financially free, time free, da 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 And you kind of make it seem easy, but when you actually get into the, get into the, uh, get into the charts and actually place in your own trades, you realise how difficult it is. And it's not difficult because the actual task is difficult. It's difficult because it requires a lot of attention and awareness on your psychology. And mm. if you have no sense of awareness then you'll constantly be doing things and then you'll make decisions that aren't really valid you know they don't have any real reason behind it there's no rationality behind this decision 
and when you're trading it's a decision making process you know you have to mm. decide that okay cool i think that this currency is gonna go from here to here based off of these different factors whether it's uh the interest rates whether it's the the recent um, nfp or if it's simply something that you've seen on the charts you know if you've seen a candlestick and this and, and it's done a certain pattern or it's in a trend or whatever those will be the different things that you look at and you'll you'll make your decision based off of those things and if they align in the right way that agrees with your strategy then you know that okay cool if that happens then i know that this is most likely to happen so i'm going to place a trade that goes with that bias but what happens in the in between is that your psychology will tell you oh yeah but there's this happening there's, there's this happening or maybe there's that and there's that or or oh, i've lost a few trades before i need to go make as much money as i possibly can next thing you know you're doubling the amount of risk that you're putting into the trade next thing you know you've lost all of your money because you've had you've increased the risk but there's no actual validity behind it like you haven't stuck to a, a consistent risk management strategy and I, i'm guessing that's one of the lessons that you might have le- learned at the beginning because that's a lesson that i also learned yeah no nah, um i think with with forex trading right i feel like the reason why another reason why it's so hard is because in life right we're kind of penalized for being wrong um we get we get told off for being wrong um if you if you do bad in the test if you do, if you fail you know you're penalized you're mocked so with with forex trading right people have to they come into the game and when they're all these smart heads people that are getting a stars in school and whatnot when they lose trades that just ruins them mentally because it's mm. like how am i wrong like why am i so wrong in such an industry and it shocks them mm. so sorry when it comes to forex trading i always say losses are the cost of doing business okay mm. so when you start a business it's not all profit it's revenue costs and then you do the maths to get your profit it's the same with trading you have your wins and your losses Yes, you may lose a lot more trades than your wins, but your wins are far greater. Therefore, when you minus it, you still end up with profit. And I feel like that was a hard realisation to come across, especially for me, because, you know, I'm doing well in school, I'm getting good grades, but to then be wrong in the markets and, like, there's no direct feedback. Mm. It's just like... And that's not just me, just for a lot more people in the world. That's what made it so hard, and that's why a lot of people give up, because, like, you have to be okay with being wrong. Like, there's nothing wrong with being wrong. And I'm not even in the market to be right. I'm just here to make my money. Exactly. I don't care about... Yeah, it's all about being profitable. It's not. I'm not here to, you know, be a wizard and predict where where it's going to the T. Do you know what I'm saying? So, mm. um, that's why I feel like it was hard for me initially. But yeah, no. Um, I would say my my problems at first... At first was strategy, then I packed my strategy. Then it's discipline, um, psychology risk management all of those things need to be patterned before you can even think about becoming profitable so mm. right now it's just working on my discipline and yeah just taking it to the next level man but would you say that at this position that you are at right now would you say that you're a consistently profitable trader I, i'll say i've i've periods so like i'll be consistently profitable for a few months and then it will turn down into a stumble for the next few so it's just patterning my discipline and understanding where i'm going wrong type of thing mm. but my next step actually is actually using making use of opm other people's money becoming funded mm. that's the next step for me personally because i feel like that works best for my strategy because my strategy 
I'm comfortable making ten percent a month, um, or like, you know, or making like two percent a day. I'm comfortable with that. But 100%. with a thousand pound account, making two percent is only what is that twenty pounds? So it's just like it's not it's not good enough. So when you have a big account now, a hundred k, making two percent is two grand. Mm. So there's a bigger difference in that sense. So when I realized there was um funding accounts or not that's what really intrigued me because that's where i would like to take it whereas with some people they're trying to flip a hundred pound accounts a thousand pound accounts and that's just not sustainable long term mm. i'm not in here to i'm not here in there for a thrill i'm in there to build a sustainable profitable you know career based off trading the markets so mm. again um right now it's just all just all about swimmer discipline and this pattern and all of that but yeah, no, that's in terms of me, in terms of forex trading, yeah, that's the next step for sure. Mm. I can't lie, getting funded is probably the best thing to do with forex, especially if you're not dealing with like at minimum 10k. Because what most people do is that they go into forex and they're trying to trade with 100 pounds, 200 pounds, and that's cool. But as you said, like the percentages don't change. If you're making, let's say, 5% a week. Or let's just say for to make it easier for example sake, let's say ten percent a month, right, on a two hundred pound account, that following month you would only make what's that, twenty pounds. But then mm-hmm. if you're doing it doing the same thing on a hundred K account, that's what, one K. And exactly. That's literally just from you no, I'm bugging. On a hundred thousand pounds, that's ten K, yeah. yeah. So if you're trading the same amount using the exact same strategy, it's kinda like, you know, you will have more income coming from the account that's just trading with more money and people don't understand that you know the more money that you trade with the more money that you can possibly make because you can risk more even if you're using the exact same trades as somebody else who's using a 500 pound account or a 1000 pound account and yes you can compound it from small but why not just accelerate yourself forward to the point where you're already trading large trading with large amounts and also compounding that rather than just compounding a small account but you're only seeing what 20 pounds or 50 pound returns or even in some cases one pound returns exactly no that's the thing so when it comes to trading having that capital is very very necessary um i think it's a capital intensive process for sure right but yeah no i think forex trading for me that's really where to be fair that's where it all started in terms of my entrepreneurship journey as well because i was one of the first hustles i came across so i'm also doing my young self a favor by completing that so mm. yeah definitely um that uh, you know taking it to the next level is by force you know it needs right. to be it needs to be patterned uh, for sure i have a question as well so you see with forex right for you um when you're is your, is your strategy more technical analysis? Yeah, more, yeah, definitely, definitely. You see, when you're just about to enter a trade, do you have a certain habit or, like, certain requirement in terms of, like, um, just to make sure that you are following your bias? Yeah, so um, I have confluences in place, so I make sure, okay, cool. Has this happened? Okay, tick. Then, has this also happened? Tick. And then once it all comes to conjunction, when all my confluence come in, confluences come into place and the market conditions are right, then yeah, I enter the trade, I execute. But mm. the, where people need to improve is you need to be emotionless about it. You need to be like a robot when doing it. Because again, in, the reality is you are trading against algorithms, robots and whatnot. So um, what people need to realise is that you need to be able to just enter the trigger, 
enter the trades without thinking about uh, second guessing yourself. Because again, at the end of the day, it's all about your edge. It's all about probabilities. It's just a probabilities game. It's a numbers game. You know, you add your ring weight, you add your average risk to reward, and that's what will help to make you a profitable trader. Mm, most definitely, man. Because I had a realisation the other day, right? And this is the reason why I asked this question, because I don't know, maybe I just, I just want to swing this idea to you as well. Maybe it might even help you. But um, a problem that I was having when I like with trading before I came consistently profitable was that I wasn't, I didn't have a system in place that allowed me mm. to make sure that I was following my strategy to the T. Because sometimes, because I'm very sporadic sometimes with my decision making, sometimes I'll see certain information and then I'm overwhelmed with it and then I make a, a decision that goes against my original bias. And then, you know, that unfortunately led to me getting quite a few strings of losses. But I realised that, okay, cool. So I was listening to a book called Atomic Habits. I think, I don't know if you read it or not. Yeah, I read it, I read it. Yeah, so do you remember the part where he talks about the the Japanese train conductors and how they do the point and call method? Nah, I don't remember that, you know. Cool, so he, so he, so he basically talks about the, these Japanese train conductors, right? They do something called Shisha, Shisha Kanko, I think that's how you pronounce it. So it's basically all it means is point and call. And it's a method where they literally... Um, point and call out the certain things that need to happen in, in order for the train set successful to be um, oh, train journey yeah. to, to be successful and you know for it to be okay without any errors and that method actually reduced the workplace errors up to I think I believe 85% so my perspective is that okay cool so if I was to mark my charts and if I was to write down okay cool as this happens let's say there's a market structure break you annotate, okay, cool, market structure break. Okay, cool. Because of this, I'm expecting this to happen. If that doesn't happen, then the trade is no longer valid. But if the trade does happen, if the, if the, if the price does what it needs to do, then it is valid. At that point, once it does what it needs to do, then you might put something there, like a, maybe like a tick or a cross or, or something that annotates it and verifies that all conditions have been met. And then that will allow you to, in a sense of doing the same thing when you're pointing and calling okay cool i've seen this i've seen this i've seen this okay cool now i can execute rather than you kind of just sit in there and you, you mentally annotate it but it, le it, it leads to too many intrusive thoughts that might affect your decision making and I, mm. I don't know i thought it was just a good idea the other day and I, I feel like ever since i've started to do that with my trading it's improved my results as well because I receive a lot less losses than I used to. Mm, no, for sure. You know what? I used to do it, but then obviously I did fall into the habit of mentally. You know when you can mentally just see a see a chart and you just see your strategy play like mm. in your head. I fell into the habit of doing that, and mm. I got a lot. I got really comfortable with doing it. Um, so maybe you can say you know that is something i need to improve on and something i can look into start entertaining again but um i just felt like it made my charts a little messy mm. and um and I, I think i'd rather have like a just a checklist like a separate checklist on the yeah. side like yeah 100%. okay if this happens boom 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 but um yeah you know when you can just see since you've seen your strategy play out so many times you can just see it like you can look at chart and just see it type of thing so um that's how that's the habit i got into but um having a checklist for sure yeah, no, definitely, it's definitely needed. And I think another benefit, which I'm starting to do as well, was just to have post-it notes just around 
he doesn't feel in your laptop, but like on a wall or whatever. Yeah. And um, it's literally just there to remind yourself you are that guy. Um, it's don't worry about losses. There's always another trade. No need to FOMO in, etc. etc. So, mm. um, so little things like that. Yeah, I think it's needed just to let yourself know. Because like, mm. it's it's as you said before, like when you're trading, it's not really anybody around you to tell you how to trade or what to trade or what buttons to push. It's all you. And in that sense, you have to become your own manager and your own employee. So, you know, when you post those, put those post-it notes up, it's almost like you're, that's the manager there saying, listen, don't FOMO into your trades. Make sure all of the conditions have been met before you place that trade. And because you've seen that, it's like a mental reminder. Okay, cool. That manager part within myself is telling me to, to make sure I do this and make sure I do that. So let me make sure I do that because it's there for my benefit. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely needed for sure. Just uh, just for your own self as a trader, because again, like I said, you are by yourself and it's, it's you versus the markets. No one else is to blame. 100%, man. There's literally nothing that you can blame. And I, I think that's what kind of shies people away from, you know, being successful in Forex because they're too busy, like, belief, it's their belief system, in it? Like, they think that, oh, yeah, because the trade went against me, you know, the markets are against me and oh, like, it's, it just doesn't want me to have money, it's da 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 but the information is there, it's available to you. You just have to make sure that you're disciplined enough and aware to see the patterns that play out and what the patterns are most likely mean or, or if there's if you trade, funda- I'm using fundamental analysis, making sure that you've gotten as much information as you need to make your the best well-informed decision before you make it. Yeah. And all of the accountability is on that person, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So that's the thing with trading. It's such a personal game. It's such mm. a mental game. So once, do you believe? Okay, do you believe like it's all like? I think I'm posting my snap the other day. Trading is like ten percent strategy, and then the other nine percent consists of risk management, discipline, and psychology. Do you believe that? Hundred percent. Listen, you can have the most bad boy strategy in the planet. It could have like ninety percent hit rate. Where if if you don't know what that means, it basically means that basically every ten trades you place, nine place nine will be successful, and most people think that oh yeah, like I need to go get the best strategy in the world, but no, it's not about that. You just need a profitable strategy, and then also mm. setting up the right risk management parameters to make sure that no matter what happens, no matter how many losses I take, I will always be in profit, or at worst case scenario, I will break even, and not only that, but there's a lot of psychology that, that plays into it because you can have the good strategy, but are you able to execute when it tells you to execute? Are you able to stay in the trade when, let's say if it goes into a slight drawdown, but it hasn't hit stop loss, are you able to, to withstand that pressure and stay in the trade? Do you know what I'm saying? Are you able to sit on your hands when there's no trade available? Exactly. So it's such a difficult thing to do and it requires quite a lot of discipline, if I'm honest with you, because, you know, and not not, not even discipline, just self-awareness because you can't, make improvements on your habits if you are unaware of what you're doing wrong Mm. or what you're doing right and that requires awareness and if you don't have that then you're going to keep on doing the same mistakes again and again and again and then you're just going to keep on making losses and next thing you know you're going to blow your account what's your your take on that statement though what's your do you think it's um 10 percent strategy or do you think it's uh more than that no i think it's um okay you could argue 20 percent strategy because there are bad strategies out there and are good strategies don't get mm. me wrong but I do think 
like you said, most of it, it really comes down to you as a person. So whether you are, are you a greedy person? Are you tapped to let it ride and then watch it reverse? Or are you objective? You come out at 4R, you come out at 5R, and then you move on to the next trade. Mm. It's like, it's those little things there because you can have the best strategy, but you could love, you could fall in love with the profits and then you can then lose because you're not t- coming, t- coming out at the right points. Mm. Or um, you might be revenge trading a lot. So um, you might just be entering for the opposite direction just because you lost or little things like that to make up your profit or your risk management. You may think, yeah, let me risk 1% per trade. But little do you know, your your strategy provides 10, 10 stops a day. So mm. let's say you lose your first four. You're not in, you know, you might lose your first four trades. You're down 4%. And now you might be feeling the type of way, okay, cool. Do I really want to take this next trades? I might just skip it. Mm. Little do you know, that one trade would have lost, would have made back all your losses. Mm. So like all of these little things come into play. So it, yeah, you can't really say um, the yeah, strategy is, is necessary. Yeah, you, do, you do need a good strategy and refinement is necessary just to like cancel out all of the losing trades. But, mm. you know, your discipline, your risk management, your psychology is really, you know, it's really where it's at, I think, um, most definitely. Mm. But, um, t- talking of which, um, in terms of um, risk to rewards, what do you what do you aim for? Are you objective, like, per trade you want this amount or is it <laughs> depend on the situation? It depends on the situation. So, for me, I'm as, like, a general basis, I do nothing less than one to three. Mm-hmm. If, it, if, I, if I can't get three reward, well, I'm not even going to bother risking one. But sometimes, depending on the, you know, the, the market environment, you know, there might be some trades that offer maybe one to five or in some cases, I, last year I did a trade, it was one to... I think it was one to over 120. So it was something ridiculous like that. And that was the best trade I've ever taken out. I I still haven't been able to amount to that, but I've done similar. But it's one of those things where, you know, trades like that, they don't come around often. So I don't expect that. It's just one of those things where I woke up in the morning and I saw, okay, cool. It's setting up very nicely. Let me just make sure I take advantage of it. I took advantage of it and let the trade do what it needs to do. Mm, exactly but then no, that's good man also i'm um, going back onto something that you said earlier um leading on from you know having a good strategy what people need to do as well is make sure that when they're with their strategy it's not just a just a strategy it's just it's not just okay cool if if markets are if the if the trend is upwards i'm gonna buy no you don't want to do that you want to make sure that there's sound objectives that you are that you can easily identify and then once Mm. these maybe like three objectives i for me personally i just do three and that's it if you have these three things and it all align together you know that okay most likely it's going to go in this direction therefore you'll place at you'll place an entry at this point in the markets do you get what i'm saying a lot of people yeah. they kind of they build a strategy but the strategy is still like and I, I remember for me I didn't really have a solid strategy for a very long time and I, that's why I wasn't consistently profitable because I was just jumping from strategy to strategy instead of just sticking yeah. to one and then improving it where it needs to be improved and that's where you know having a j- trading journal also comes into place where you know when you have a trading journal you can also track and identify which trades went wrong and which trades were successful why it went successful why it went wrong how was your psychology during the time did you over risk or did you um did you fail to identify a certain thing that happened that would have prevented the loss or you know what i'm saying like certain things like that and 
as you identify these things it's kind of like when when you said about your finances you know if you want to save your money you have to you know and, and budget you have to kind of see in the past like what are you currently spending on what are mm. you um what things could you take away from it to improve your situation it's the same thing with trading it's the same discipline do you know what i'm saying yeah no most definitely um it's just it's just needed especially just to take it to the next level um I think for me, yeah, having that objectiveness, objective, ob, ob, objectiveness is therefore necessary because when you have the discretion, when it, you, it's like, oh, it looks like it's a, it's a pattern. Okay, cool. Let me take the entry. That just, it, you can't even, it's hard to even analyze because like looking back, you, you may think differently then. So mm. during, during the trade, you thought it was that pattern, but then after when looking back, you might not think it and when there's discretion and like it's bare wishy-washy that's when it's not even a strategy it's just gambling mm. um it's just not necessary so for me ob- having been object ob- being objective it definitely um it, it definitely helps for me um in terms of risk to reward i've i've kept it to a simple i, I need to improve but i've kept it to a one to six like for every single trade that's but... amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah i know i know it sounds good but like the thing is, with me, it's like I'll see the trade go past one to six, one to ten, or do even more, and it's oh, just like yeah. I've been like I feel like oh I should have all of that. That could have made me even more money, and so it's, it's still discipline things I need to work on. You know, I'm not fully there yet, but um, and also just because I've said one to six doesn't that doesn't yeah it sounds great. But also remember, it does come with losses because yeah, you know, it can go to one to five and reverse, or or I get stopped out quite a bit. So um, mm. yeah, it's not it's not all fun, like something you know, it's not, it's not all fun in games just because it's a high risk reward. But um, but yeah, that's the thing. And my next step is just trying to, cause I like catching those big licks, those one to hundreds. Like that's that's really what trading is about. Your wins have to be more than it's like more than exponentially greater than your losses. So. Having those part of my arsenal was definitely needed. It's just right now I trade GJ, GPJPY, and um, gold. But I'm thinking for gold, I might start like maybe implement a trailing loss, a trailing stop loss. So then mm. for those big licks, I can like I could take the majority of it type of thing. Whereas GJ, I can just do one to six, keep right. it stepping. But um, but yeah, man, no, nah, that's 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 just um where I'm at with trading. Just trying to take it to the next level, man. Do you take um, partial profits? I don't, you know, I don't. Um, I see. I have this man. Can I swear? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I have this mindset of SLTP fuck it type of thing. So, um, mm. either it hits your SL or it hits your TP because I've had many situations. I used to be a BE trader, as in break even. I would move my stops into break even. But then I've had many situations. I don't know if you have as well, but have you ever had a situation where? Your trade will come back to your entry point and then take off to the take profit point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Maybe if that. I move it to yeah, so if I move it to BE break even, then I I've missed out on that. So um, I've always I always keep my my stop losses where it is. Um, and then I take profits. Um, yeah, I used to do partial profits on your own. I've done before, but um. Yeah, maybe I mean maybe that can elevate my game. That's the thing. All these little tips and tricks we're mentioning, literally one of them can just elevate game to the next level. 100%. So it's just it's just understanding and trialing out different ways. But um, right now though, I feel like I'm in a phase where I want to try this out for a few months and see where it goes, type of thing. And then if I don't see anything, then yeah, something has to be switched up. Mm. 
that's the thing though man that, that that's 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 the that's the kind of mindset that makes you successful in trading though is accepting that okay cool it might fail but if it does fail how can i make it better how can i improve it so it becomes better do you know what i mean and that's mm. what i feel like most people kind of lack when they approach trading and that's why they just end up either giving up or just failing as a whole and just being unsuccessful they're unwilling yeah. to assess and observe what they could do better yeah no exactly that's the thing but i think with that um yeah once that's in play then um the content was go up another level as well there'll be trading content uh, and then, yeah man so that's 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 the way hey do you know about something called um robin's world cup nah don't you know so basically yeah uh, wait let me just make sure let me quickly type it let me make sure it's the right thing yeah yeah so basically yeah it's a world cup trading championship oh swear i didn't even know this existed i found it like not too long ago and i was looking at um the previous people that were in it before right and there's a guy called larry williams he's one of the guys that i like read up on and and i really like he's one of the people that i almost admire when it comes to trading uh if you haven't read his books or any anything that he's written i 100 percent recommend I th- it i think i've heard of him i think i've heard of him still. Mm, he's the goat when it comes to trading but this guy yeah he he, he did the robins world championships and I believe he did um, eleven thousand percent in one year. Wow! That is, he did insane returns, and you know, I feel like it's um a lot of people don't really realize that there's levels to this as well. Like there's people out there who's making some ridiculous returns, and you know, it's all about personal strategy, what works for you, and understanding your personality as well. You know, it's all it's, most of it is a mental game, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, not for sure. Fact, I know for a fact that even when you have um comes to like the it's it's like pattern recognition if you recognize if you're doing a technical analysis right what happens is that you're basically seeing a pattern in the charts and because this pattern happens with the certain confluences that fit your strategy and you've trained your mind to see it what happens is that the the same um part in your brain that forms habits in you will bridge the neural pathways to trigger an action and response after seeing that stimuli so after you've seen that pattern happen your brain knows what to do next which might be to buy or to sell or even to sit on your hands and wait for the next opportunity do you get what i'm saying so mm. that's what people need to kind of focus on as well low key is and pay attention to is is what habits do you have when you're trading because that will separate between who is successful su- successful and who is unsuccessful because it's all about system building for sure and one thing you said there about sending your hands one thing i also want to look to improve on is knowing when not to be in the market understanding that the market conditions aren't great i should just sit this one out because what people don't realize is not trading is also trading 100 percent. so being able to understand that the market conditions aren't great for your strategy and you should just sit this one out and wait for things to look a lot more you know you know, you may work better in a, in a trending environment rather than a raging environment or a choppy environment. So, understanding to not place any trades and just watching the market is also trading in itself. Mm. You know, people feel like, and I also felt like as well, it's something I still need to work on, but I also feel like sometimes I need to place a trade every day. Um, but in reality, that's not that's not the case. There will be some days where, you know, market conditions aren't great and you need to just understand that, you know, you need to wait your turn, you know, I don't even see I see trades as like a bus so if you miss a trade there'll always be another bus coming there'll always be another trade coming around the corner so um, but yeah with the situation of not taking trades every day yeah understanding that not every day has to be 
you know, the one for your strategy. So, yeah. 100%, man. 100%. And that's the thing that I think I battled the most at, the, at my early stages was the fact that I didn't have to trade every day. And mm-hmm. once I realised that, I realised, one, how much time I could be saving, how much money I could be saving, and how much of my mental health could improve. Because I can't lie, when you're sitting on the charts every day, it does get a little bit draining, if you're, if you're, especially if you're mm. making yourself more susceptible to seeing losses because you're trading in the wrong market conditions that go against the favour of your strategy. And once you kind of bridge that, you know, that discipline to not just trade for the sake of it and also just trading when you see your strategy in play, like that's when you will see like the amazing results and you'll see a lot of change in your strategy and your, and, and your results as well so if anyone's out there and you, you're starting your journey please do take in everything you just said because there's a whole lot of things that might even accelerate your journey yeah for sure man it definitely it's an ever going process man with trading and I feel like with trading you get to learn who you are yourself like you get to mm. know yourself the most you understand how angry you can get when you lose money or your 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 emotions in certain situations, how you are with decision making, you really get to understand who you truly are. You don't know who you are until you trade. Um, mm. That's why I believe I'm a firm believer, and I feel like Islam made me a little. Um, I won't say emotionless, but like when it comes to losses, <laughs> I swear to God, like if it wasn't trading, has made me like I've I've seen everything, even crypto as well. Crypto oh. more more so, more so crypto, but for tr- <laughs> trading, yeah, it made me like I could lose. Some money or something mad can happen. I'll be like, oh, rah. <laughs> That's like, oh, rah. Mm. And then like, it's, it's just like, oh, it is what it is. Like, you, you can't. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Move on. Next, next, like, next thing. Like, what 100%, I mean? so, man. Yeah, so that's just a situation. That's that's the situation of trading, man. But no, it's good. It's good. That's something I actually love about trading, though. Um, I love the disciplines that it, it taught me, like, just learning to control your emotions and be aware of them. Because when you're trading, when you're feeling upset in a certain day, it's just not good to trade. Just don't trade that day, you know? Mm. If you feel angry, if you feel stressed out because of work or if you just lost money gambling or bad investment or whatever, just don't trade that day because you're going to make yeah. some stupid decisions. That's, I realised, like, I, I remember I went out one time and obviously I was in this mindset of I need to trade every day, I need to trade every day. Mm. So I went out one time and I come, and I've come back at 3am and I have like a, and when I wake up, I have a headache, I have a, I'm basically hungover essentially. Yeah. And I'm still trying to trade. And it took me a while to I'm deep I'm trying, still trying to trade. And it was only it was only the end of the day I realized wait a minute. I did not actually need to trade today. My mind isn't at my I'm not on I'm not on point. I'm not on mm. the right timing to be making such decisions. Like let me just So little things like that, you have to go through it to actually understand. But when I first started out, yeah, I wanted to trade every day, man. Hundred percent, man. I used to do the same thing, you know. I used to like these videos of me in um from like two thousand nineteen. I'm on my phone in the middle of a club in my suit because it was a, it was like some it was for my uni. It was like some Christmas ball type thing, and mm. it was all, everyone's all dressing nice and suited up. I was standing in the middle of the crowd on on my MetaTrader four, just checking the charts. <laughs> <laughs> that was like looking back, it's like that was just dumb because realistically, like I'm not in the zone. I'm not in my space where I'm yeah. fully able to focus and make conscious decisions at my best do you know what i mean what what do you do while trading because obviously there's a lot of time just waiting for certain things to play out but what are you doing other than checking the markets so i do quite a few things in it so obviously i go to university uh so sometimes i might be doing some uni work at the same time because now i have two monitors thank you to my girlfriend 
my lovely mm. girlfriend who bought me two monitors so now I just like I, I, I put my charts on one screen then I put my work on the other one and then I'm mm. just watching both of them at the same time or I might um, go to I, I do guitar lessons as well in it so mm-hmm. um, sometimes I just go out and learn guitar sometimes I might go to the gym quickly work out come out my trace done what it needs to do or I might do martial arts because I do MMA as well so mm. yeah those are usually the, the things that I do or I read a book or I meditate I just do numerous things as, or I just chill with my girlfriend I just I just set the trade do what I need to do and then come back to it I set alerts so whenever it goes past a certain uh, price point it, it alerts me so I'm able to be okay cool let me quickly just check on it see what it's saying okay cool it's, it's, it's fine okay I'll just leave it or okay cool it's ready to take partial profits I'll take partial profits do you know what I mean and then I just move about my day what about you though what's your like routine like um actually wait before I answer that are you a more swing trader um I can do multiple because basically okay. I, I trade on I don't trade on every time frame but I use every time frame to make a trade so mm, I go yeah. on like the daily, weekly, monthly, and then I break it down, top down analysis. I go all the way down to the 15 minute chart, five minute chart, three minute chart, one minute chart, and then I place my entries mm. in a one minute. So that's how I'm able to get high returns from small yeah. risk trades because I'm basically finding somewhere in a trade where, okay, cool, it's at the place where I'm expecting it to reverse now on a higher time frame. That means that it's more likely to, to you know go down lower or go down higher. Um, without using as much risk as I would if I did the trade on the on the daily chart or the weekly chart, do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, so I kind of wait for the same thing. You're, you're scoping in to get that right sniper mm. entry. So um, most of the time I do scalping and intraday trading, but if I want to, I can do swing trading. But the problem is with swing trading is that sorry to interrupt you as well. Um, the problem is with swing trading is that my personality doesn't really agree with it because mm. I get very impatient. I'm like, oh, I just want to lock it off and then maybe the trade might go back to the entry. I'm like, oh, it's long. I just want to be out of this trade. So I, I like mm. to just be in and out, in and out, in and out, and then just go about my Yeah, day. no, I'm, I'm the exact same. I'm in and out mm. type of guy. So I'm tapped to, I'm tapped to risk three pips to make, to make like 20 pips type of thing. Mm. So um, literally in and out within an hour, maybe two, even less, could be even five minutes, <laughs> you know, yeah. so. But um, what I do while trading, um, I think I'd say cons- YouTube. I'm just consuming information. I, to be fair though, I do need to find better habits to, because um, I'll either be trading or doing some other work. Um, depends or because sometimes it's intense. Like I need to be on the charts to check in, but um, I do need to find some better habits because there will be times where I might be on my phone scrolling, and then I look up oh wait a minute there's opportunity type of thing and, I, yeah. I, and I'm ill prepared so that's also another thing I need to work on but you know it's, it's a work in progress I guess it's kind of a thing where you kind of just gotta give yourself set times in the day where you will trade and then outside of that then you just do the things that you need to do do you know what I mean mm. and then maybe you might just um, read a book at the same time and just kind of just you know every yeah. now and then just look up every now and then yeah that's yeah, what I do sometimes what, yeah no that's that's a good one um would you say what sessions do you trade? Um, usually the London and New York session. Same, same, but same. I use the Japanese session to kind of frame my trade for the London session. Okay, okay, that no, makes sense. Yeah, that's good then. That's good. So, what do you need? Do you do you trade um London and New York? Yeah, I trade. I trade six to ten a.m. Then I take a two-hour break. Then twelve to four. I basically do the same thing. 
it's, it's, the, um, it's just the best way to do it, really. Because I, f- I feel like sometimes, like London session might be bad, but then New York could be good, or vice versa, or both could be good. But mm. I just feel like, uh, obviously, it w- makes sense for the stage I'm in life now. But like, do you ever feel like sometimes when you want to grow older, it's like you can't be doing both sessions for the rest of your life. Like, nah. you need to just pick one. Or you need to make it more passive in a way. Or you may have to switch to swing trading to, to live your life type of thing. Do you 100%. ever feel like? Well, I feel like what I'm probably going to end up doing is I'm going to make a lot of money from scalping and intraday trading and then mm. use that money to then create um, passive income. And then oh, as okay. I create yeah. that passive income, I just reinvest that passive income and then maybe even turn that into another active income, maybe in agriculture or, or something. Yeah. So... You know, I just want to just jump into different things just by using this as like a vehicle to get to where I want to. Yeah, because I find trading boring. I don't like it. Yeah, no, for sure. It's just it's just an emotionless, you know, it's just an emotionless journey. Like it's just a vehicle and literally a means to end. Mm. Um, no one grows up thinking they want to be a trader. It's just a quick way or a hard way to make easy money. You know, you can get some big big bucks. So yeah, literally just to fund your other investments or fund your other hustles. So yeah, it's just it's just a. Um, yeah, it's got pin luck like, no man for sure 100 percent, man because i remember like when i first started trading that, that was kind of the vision it was okay cool what can i do to get the money to then do what i really want to do but also not only have the money but also have the time as well because with trading you don't really spend a lot of time on it realistically most of the time mm. is sent preparing for the trade and then once you're in the trade it just does what it needs to do yeah literally that's that's literally it man so it's just yeah, just preparing, being there, making a trade, and boom. Mm. What was your vision with trading, like, when you first started? My vision? Yeah, like, what was... Like, when you when you saw trading, like, what was the thing that that made you think, okay, cool, with trading, I can do this and that, so I'm going to do it. Like, what was your reason why? Exponential, um, exponential income. So, essentially, some people in life are exchanging their life energy for money, whereas with trading, you're just exchanging money for more money. So... You can make, you can make ten pounds an hour, or you can make a hundred k an hour, or even more. So that that idea of no limits just made me feel like, bro, that I can scale this up to some crazy levels. I can make a stupid amount of money per hour, mm. and then be able to do what I want to do, live life on my terms, have that own financial freedom, and also another thing, time freedom as well. Um, actually, time freedom is subjective. But um, location freedom as well. You can do it wherever you want in the world. Mm. Wi-Fi money. You can be trading in another country, another zone. I'm even thinking possibly to like try living like Dubai because they're four hours ahead. I trade six. I trade six to ten a.m. But like sometimes looking at six a.m. can be a struggle. So Same. living in a country that's like two hours ahead, that means I can trade from eight to twelve in their time zone. And yeah. Dubai is four hours ahead, so that would be ten to two. And that's a lot more easier. That means I can go out, mm. live my life, you know, wake up. I can wait. Me, personally, waking up at eight is late for me, isn't it? But mm. I could. But since the time zone shifted now, I could now, you know, go out and you know just wake up at nine and still be able to trade my session. Mm. So um, there's little, there's little things like that that um you can you can use to tweak your thing. But um but yeah, no trading. It's more the location freedom. You can do whatever you want in the world and um the financial freedom. Mm. That's the thing, though. But but quick disclaimer for anyone who's new to trading out there: um, in some countries, you actually can't do it. But yeah. most of the time, we're living in countries where you can, like for example, Dubai, 
UK, America. Yeah. Like, you're fine to do it here, but in some countries you won't be allowed. But yeah. that what you said there, we just touched upon right there, that location freedom. Boy, that's the one thing I look, look forward to a lot because I didn't even think about it like that in terms of waking up at different times because that's an issue that I currently have where I struggle to wake. I've always had an issue with waking up early. For me, mm. I'm always... Because I, I, have, I have like a... I'm more active in the nighttime than I am in the daytime. Mm, so nah. for me, naturally, I go to sleep late, but then I wake up late as a consequence. So for mm. me, most of the time I have to trade either the... It's, if, I can, if I can catch the London session, I will try my best to catch the, the opening of it. If I miss it, then I'll just, I'll just like, you know what? New York session, I'll shine. Yeah, you know I mean? literally, literally, yeah, New York session, I'll shine. That's, it gets be, like that sometimes. Exactly, but it would be even better if I had the option on a day-to-day basis to not only to to um, to um trade both sessions, but to also have the time beforehand to do yeah. things that I want to do, like work out or whatever. Because sometimes I just want to wake up and work out straight away, but I'm thinking, oh, I've got to do the, the London session. But That's the if, thing. If yeah, I'm four true. hours ahead, I can do that in the morning. Yeah, and it's just like sometimes... Like, bro, sometimes I'll wake up at, like, 5.58 or, like, 5.59, like, a.m. And then I've traced up at, like, 6.03. And my eyes are barely awake. <laughs> like, it's so <laughs> mad. And, like, and then when you when you finally, like, you had your coffee or you've, you've kind of refreshed and brushed your teeth. Like, sometimes mm. I wouldn't brush my teeth and I'll, I'll be in trades. Like, 100%. it's mad. I'll it's so boxes. mad. Literally, in my boxes. <laughs> and, and I'll be making some big boy decisions. But, but yeah, no, nah, the... The, the time zoning is a big that one's a big blessing man moving to a different country even two hours ahead will, that that alone that alone will put me um that put me at a good advantage man like mm. just so you can like, wake up and like at least like, prepare for the work day you know prepare for it but then the only downside is that that means New York session the four hour situation that would then mean New York session starts at um 4pm and then ends at 8 and obviously 4 to 8 you might be you know being that going out or whatever so you know it, it, there's pros and cons mm. you know what though it's smart about moving into dubai specifically as well because um i believe that in in dubai forex earnings are tax-free if you're yeah a, that, if you're a dubai resident yeah they're tax-free that's what i've heard as well um so yeah that's another that's another reason to move there literally um so so essentially if you're getting taxed in the uk say if you get taxed let's say 20k in the uk just by moving to Dubai alone, you can see an extra 20k. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? So that, that 20k can be used for living expenses. So then you've pretty much lived, you've pretty much moved there for free. You haven't spent any more money because your tax money is, instead of going to the government, exactly. it's now going towards your living expenses. So exactly. you can, um, there's, 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 there's pros. Yeah. So there's pros and cons of everything. And, and it's, 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 it's a good, it's a good shout, man. It's a good shout. What's the view on tax? My view on tax, um, I think tax needs to be paid. I'm not one of those guys that think tax is theft because, again, NHS needs to be paid for. Mm. They do a great job. Um, the roads need to be paid for. The police need to be paid for. The bin men need to be paid for. I was even looking outside the window today. I was just thinking, who actually... Like, imagine if we... Like, imagine if no one paid for these guys' jobs. The, our <laughs> roads would be so dirty. Mm. It'll, it's just like... So, like, little things like that, I understand why tax is paid. Like, Because, obviously, I did study economics. I know where... I know it goes to it goes towards the government. Obviously, yes, as in some cases they can use it, you know, unresponsibly, unresponsible. But but like when I look at other countries like America, where you have to pay for your own healthcare, and like they, they, like all of them, apart of their budgets, it's healthcare insurance. Like it's a it's a monthly expense that needs to be paid for. But here, 
interest interest is free and it makes you just kind of like be grateful so yeah i do pay my taxes but to be fair my opinion will be different to someone that works nine to five is because i'm a business owner i can influence the amount of tax i pay mm. so i can you know with my accountant me and him could come up with a plan for, firstly for business owners anyway it's more tax efficient anyway like the, the tax rates are lower um with dividend tax as well but also we can do things to reduce reduce our tax so we can buy we can invest into our companies make them better and this route this lowers our profit target i mean our profit figures for the year therefore reducing our tax so obviously since i can avoid tax which is legal um this means i can actually i don't have to spend as much I don't have to pay as much. Whereas someone that's working nine to five, it's stripped from them before it even reaches their bank account. So yeah. for them, for them people, they may say it's unfair because, and I kind of get it because imagine, you know, you work for this money and before it's even come to you, it's already gone to someone else. Yeah. So you can't even pay yourself first. Yeah. So I understand why some people hate it, but since I since I can kind of influence the amount of money I make and influence the amount of tax I make, I I, I kind of have a different view towards it. But you know, it is needed. Um, for a company to run, I mean, for a country to run, but um, I, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm as far as to say tax is theft. Um, obviously, but then again, then again, then again, I'm not in an additional rate tax yet. I'm not in an additional rate tax bracket yet, so I might have a different opinion to it. Once you know, I'm making two hundred k a year and and I'm being charged forty five percent tax. <laughs> then once I get to there, if you if you ask me again when we do the part two of this podcast, if you ask me again, I might have a different view then. 100%. But right now, right now. I, 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 you know, it's, it's karma. I, I understand what it's used for. So, yeah, if you ask a millionaire, they may fix, give you a different response. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So Yeah, no, I agree. Like, in a sense of, like, in terms of the public service, like, it, it does a lot. Like, you know, it provides a free healthcare. It provides the, the, the councils to be able to, you know, organise for bin men to come collect the, the stuff and make sure that they're well paid and make sure everything's running smoothly. The only thing is that, for me personally, I don't really like the fact that my finances are in someone else's hands and mm. they're the ones who's doing it towards a different cause that they support but then what about the people like let's say if i if i wanted to donate to charity right i'd rather donate to charity than give my money to hmrc the reason being mm. is because when i'm giving it to charity it's like i know where it's going i know that this is going towards a cause that i support do you know what i'm saying and still helping people don't get me wrong but it's just that mm. you know it's going to something that it's directed to something that I believe in more. Whereas sometimes with the, with the you know, when you pay your taxes, next thing you know, like you've, you pay all of these taxes, but why, how comes the NHS is still suffering? But then all of these politicians, their pay, pay is getting, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. What's happening there? And, you know, when there's all these different things that's happening, you know, kind of kind of makes me think, you know what, let me just take control of it. Let me, because you know when, I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you... Um, give money to charity that's a taxable deducible event and you can deduce your yeah. taxes for it i think so um i'm not entirely sure given charity but yeah no it's a very good philanthropic um exercise for sure mm. and it was awful help but yeah no i like the fact that you mentioned you don't like it being in control of someone else like you rather control it yourself and if you have to pay for your own minimum service or pay for your own healthcare service fair enough and to be fair you know I don't think, funny enough, I don't think, okay, obviously I've been to the hospital before, but I haven't used it like that, like that, if you get what I mean. I don't know, maybe I've just mm. been I've just been lucky. I haven't had to, you know, 
go there for like a certain period of time. But um, so far, I haven't really had to make full full use of it. You know. Yeah. Um. So like so, so let's say let's say um we lived in America right now. I wouldn't be paying any. I wouldn't I wouldn't have paid any hospital, um, charge like, like payments like that. Because mm. I haven't made use of it, but I know there will be a time where it'll be useful. But um, mm. the fact that it's free, though, at least that helps the the, the unfortunate, you know. So yeah, most so, definitely, yeah. man. Because it's, it's it's in America. There's a there's a lack of access to people who don't have that income or don't have that health insurance or or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And that's mm. where the problem, you know, comes around. That's why I do personally believe that taxation is good to a degree. Where you know, it's it's going, it's helping people who don't have the access to those things for free. And kind of pays for that for, for other people. Yeah, literally, yeah, man. That's 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 just uh, that's the way. But yeah, man, I think I'm. It, we're about just over two hours into this conversation, so I think we're gonna uh, end it here. But Poku, it's been an honor talking to you, and mm. and having you on board with the School of Higher Thought. No, I appreciate my guy, man. It's just it was good to come on for sure. Like just to spit my side of the story. Mm. you know talk talk about how i came up but yeah man no nah, it's really it's great to be a part of such a great selection of guests as well mm. so yeah no 100 percent, man and you know what what you're doing as well is absolutely amazing like you're going to give a positive impact around not even just the uk it's going to be around the world you know and mm. that's what something that you might have seen already in you know when you're younger visualizing but it's coming to fruition now and you're using your attention and the power for good and that's something I can get behind and I really do respect and you're also inspiring millions of like young people who look just like us to get into the world of finance and that in itself is incredibly powerful because it helps us to get more equity yeah for sure it's needed man just to grow the black community it's it's just needed so yeah I really I like what I do man it makes me feel fulfilled so mm. so yeah it's very necessary mm. well Poku I appreciate having you man um, just quickly before we go just give a quick mention to all of your um, how people can contact you and find you on social media and any events such as the Gen Z events as well how they can also get into that as well I know you guys have yeah. a couple of events that's coming up yeah so Poku at Poku Banks on Snapchat Instagram TikTok Twitter YouTube you, know, you can find me there. I do interviews on YouTube. And then if you want to learn, you know, your quick basic and tips about finance, then TikTok and Instagram. And then, yeah, so, and the best place to contact me personally, I'd say Instagram DMs or Snap. And yes, I co-founded the Gen Z Club with Denzel and Austin. So we run events all across the UK, which helps people network with each other and meet other people. So, it, you know, in my journey coming up, networking was very necessary. So that's why I'm coming to give back. Our next event is in Brighton. We also have a free crypto webinar, a free crypto webinar for anyone looking to get involved. That one will be free to sign up. And um, yeah, we'll be talking about cryptocurrency, trading and investing in it, all sorts. So if anyone's looking to get into that, that'll be free to sign up. Check out the Gen Z Club on Instagram. You know, let's get it. It's mm. Pokey Banks, baby. 